Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Teachers. And it's just amazing what God is doing. But I honor you, Z. I appreciate you being on the podcast tonight. It's been long overdue. I've wanted to bring you in the studio. It just hasn't worked with our schedules. But I'm super excited to talk about what God has done in your life. Go deep into your testimony. You know we're going to make you rap tonight. We're going to make you freestyle. We're going to flow. We're going to flow. So he's going to do some freestyles towards the end. And then even I have a question I'll ask him during his testimony. I'll make him freestyle at some point. But man, super excited about what God is doing in your life. Thank you for being on the podcast. Everywhere we go, people are like, are you Z's cousin? And then they ask you, you're Isaiah's cousin. I think when they hear us preach, we preach very, like we preach similar. We're related, we're blood. And so thank you for being on. Let's start with your upbringing. Let's dive deep into your testimony, how you got into drugs, how you overcame drugs, how you got into the ministry, how you got into hip hop music, all of that. But let's just start with your upbringing. Um, again, tonight we're sharing our testimonies, guys. We're being vulnerable. And so some of the stuff is sensitive, but it's important to talk about where you came from to how you got here now. So just go feel free to just start wherever you feel led and, and we'll just flow together. Yeah, for sure. Holy Spirit, have your way, Lord. Move in this podcast and we just pray that you just speak to us in Jesus name. Lord. Amen. Um, so I grew up in Victorari, San Jose, San Jose, California, stand up. We both grew up in San Jose yep. and uh, grew up in an amazing church. My mom and dad raised us in Victorari, San Jose, Pastor Ed Morales. And um, I grew up kind of in the presence of God, but never really encountering God. Mm. Um, my home life was pretty good. Um, I had there was my dad was a, a little abusive. There was some times where we struggled with that. Um, it was rough on us as children. Um, but at the age of 12, um, I found myself not knowing God for myself. My parents had encountered God and told us all about God, but I never really knew God for myself. I didn't have that mm. moment. And um, I went to visit a family member. I went to visit a cousin, and we were just hanging out. And this cousin of mine was heavily addicted to ecstasy pills, mm. heavily addicted to drugs. And so um, I went to his house. We're chilling. And he tells me, hey, come over here. And he tells me to go to the bathroom with him. So I'm like, all right, for sure. He's like, come here. I want to show you something. And I was like, okay, cool. And uh, he pulls out in the bathroom, he shuts the door, and he pulled out a bag of ecstasy pills, a big bag. And I didn't know what they were at the time, and I was like, oh, okay, what's that? And he's like, these are ecstasy pills. I know we're jumping right into it, but we got a long way to go, so I just want to jump into it. Um, and he's like, I want you to take one. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to you know, I'm not gonna do that. I had no intention, no desire at the time. I was truly like innocent. My heart was pure. And um, so he was like, I'm not letting you leave this bathroom until you take Whoa, an ecstasy that's pill. that's dark. Yeah, so I, fe- I literally, as you say, that's dark. I that's felt so like dark. a demonic presence in the bathroom. Ugh. The door's locked. I don't want to do it. Um, so I'm like, no, man, stop playing. Like, you're kidding. And he's like, no, um, you're going to take this, and we're going to get high together. So I'm like, oh, man. So he gives me the pill. I was younger, so I was real intimidated, you know? How old were you at the time? You said I was 12. 12. I was 12, so I was real man, intimidated. Dark. Yeah, and um, so I took it, but I tried to hide it under my tongue because I really didn't want to do it. And I tried to hide it and walk past him back into the living room so I could just call my parents and just go home. And um, when I tried to walk past him, he was like, open your mouth. And so when he said that, I knew that I had to take the pill. So I swallowed the ecstasy pill. And that night we left the bathroom and that night I got high as a kite. You know, I'd never dealt a drug in my life. So wild. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, yeah. This is stuff I, I really haven't shared it too much with with a lot of people, but I got so high and, and honestly it felt good. 
I started feeling good. I was like, man, this feels amazing. I'm like, why don't more people, you know, get high? I mean, at the time, I didn't know they do. They're just drug yeah, addicts, yeah. you know? And so like, I'm like, try just this. a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so the whole night, I'm up until 6 in the morning the next day. And um, I go back home the next day, and I'm looking for any pill I can find. Whoa. I'm just hooked on whatever can give me that same high, whatever can give me that same feeling. So I try to find pills. Um, I, I go to friend's house. And I instantly start going into their bathrooms, looking at their medicines cabinets. Um, and the only pills I would find that uh, were like drugs were like uh, Vicodins and Norcos. So that one day in the bathroom where I was forced to do this um, led me to three straight years of drug addiction, chasing this high that I felt that day. And I would go steal pills. Um, I, got, I got a hold of some methadone one time. And methadone is a drug they give you when you're coming off heroin and you get high all night and it feels good. And then you throw up, you throw your guts up the next day. So I would throw up all day. This was a span of about a year just doing this, two years, kept doing it. Um, and then at the age of 15, so three years into my drug addiction, it was destroying my relationship with my family. So young too. Super young, just a That's kid. so crazy. And what's crazy is my family didn't really know too much about it because I loved the pill life because I could hide it. Yes. I had friends that were addicted to weed. Someone's gonna get set free tonight, man. There's people in here going through it right now. Yes, hiding it, you know, and pills can make you feel like you're a functional. And I had friends addicted to weed and they would always be like, you could smell them when they walked in the room. I had mm. Christian parents, so I'd get smacked upside the head if I walked in like that. You know, so I was like, pills, I could do it on the low, and I have a good time with my friends. Um, and so I'm addicted for three straight years. Um, and at the age of 15, it went from Vicodin, Norco, then I got addicted to Oxycontin. Because I just came to tell somebody tonight, sin never satisfies. Yep. You're always going to be left wanting more. You're always going to be left wanting more to satisfy your soul. And I kept feeling unsatisfied. I needed a greater high. And... I'm there doing Oxycontin at this point. They're little 80s. They're brown little pills. And I knew they were serious when the person who gave them to me, um, they said, cut them into fours. You can't just take a whole pill. And when I cut it, you could see how potent the pill was. It wasn't like a chalky type of pill. So it was so intense for me, but I cut it into fours and I took a fourth of it and I was high the whole entire day off of a fourth of a pill. And I got hooked on these 80 Oxycontin, just lost out of my mind. I couldn't function without it. Wow. So I couldn't have a good time. I couldn't have a good day if I didn't have my pills. Um, and I had no joy without my pills. I had no peace without my pills. I was heavily addicted. And nobody knew. Nobody really knew. Danny, my brother, caught me one time. He walked in and he caught me rolling with a... You know, those things you bake with? Yeah. Rolling my pills so I could sniff them, my Vicodin. Whoa. So that's when he kind of found out. He was like... Hey, what are you doing? You know, you're not baking in here. You know, like you're you're uh, breaking these Vicodin down so you could sniff them. So he caught me. And um, so Danny really knew. Um, but one day I took some Oxycontin and I took a little too much. And I was there. I was at a family member's house and everybody was there hanging out. Like I said, nobody knew. And I'm high and it starts to kick in. And I start to feel like um, I start to feel like good. And then all of a sudden I started it turned on me. It turned on me so quick because I realized that I had taken too much. And I promise you, Isaiah, I felt my heart beating like at the rate, like boom, 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 boom. Now, when you get high, you you're, you calm down a little bit, but it started to 
beat way too slow. And I started to freak out. I'm like, oh my goodness, I took too much. I'm about to overdose. So I run to the garage because I'm embarrassed. I'm thinking, you know, if people catch me like this, you know, if I die like this, they're going to know I died from drugs. Um, and I was so embarrassed. I ran to the garage and I'm literally feeling myself get lightheaded. Oh. I feel like I'm about to pass out. My heart's beating super slow. It got slower and slower. And so I did what, what I was raised to do, what my mom taught me to do, what my dad taught me to do. Like I said, I didn't have that encounter myself with God yet, but I knew that if I called on Jesus, Come maybe on. he would save me. I'm like, God, I begin to say this. I said, God, if you could save me, please, I don't want to die from drug addiction. God, oh. if you can save me, I don't want to die here. I know you have a plan for my life. God, if you can save me, help me. And I promise you, this was a straight miracle. In that moment, when I asked God to save me, my heartbeat began to regulate. Whoa. Right there in that garage, my heartbeat just started to regulate. Ghost. Come on. Oh my goodness, it started to regulate. Get back to regular. And my mind, like I sobered up. Like my mind came back to me. My high was gone. God, his presence sobered me up in that garage. When I called on the name of Jesus, he straight saved my life. Like people, and I know you got stories like this too. People don't know why we praise the way yes, we pray sometimes. Yes, go there. People don't know why we shout the way we shout sometimes or why we preach. Why do you yell like that? It's because there was a real mm. God that stepped into the middle of my death that stepped into the middle of my hell and rescued me. When he reached me, Isaiah, he reached way down. Mm. He reached into the muck and the mire, and he pulled me out of the pit when I should have been sleeping in my grave. I deserved it that day. Here's the crazy thing about God is this world says you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. But, man, God in his kindness and his grace, he gives you what you don't deserve. Come on. And there I was, not deserving a second chance, so guilty of my sin, guilty of hell, I should have been on my way to hell, sleeping in my grave, but Jesus decides to rescue me. Wow. And I sober up, and it was an awakening for me. It was a wake-up call for me. And so we go home. I'm there. I'm trying to change now, but I still haven't had that encounter with God. Yes. I'm, I know that I don't want to die, but I still haven't had that encounter with God. So a few weeks go by, and I get my hands on some more drugs, and I'm tempted. I'm tempted to do them. Um, and... I get my hands on some pills and I have them with me, but I'm not doing them because I'm scared. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you, you know, you get scared where you're like, man, I was like, I don't want to do it, but I'm tempted. And a lot of the times I was doing drugs, Zay, because I felt like I had nothing to live for. Wow. So there was a part of me that didn't want to do it, but I was like, what else is going to give me this thrill that mm. drugs give me? This is why we need the Holy Spirit in our yes, churches. Yes. This is why we need revival in our marriages. This is why we need revival in our homes. Even if you go to church, there needs to be a revival in your home. Yes. So your kids are raised in a house that serving God is exciting, that they feel the presence of God. They feel the fire of God at all times. So they're not raised wondering like, what am I going to do that's going to wake me to life? It's like, it's like that Jesus Revolution movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He was looking for that thrill. And I was there looking for, what am I going to do? So I got these pills, and then I get invited to a church service that night with these pills in my pocket. And I planned, I planned that I was going to do those pills later. I had already kind of made up my mind. I'm like, nothing else going for me. I'm going to go party later like I, like I used to. And I go to church because in my house, even if you're in sin, no matter what. You're going to church. You're going to church. That's my house too. You're Don't going matter. to church. Like, we would get dragged into church Tore back. And you're my, standing up, too. My mom would be like, don't you dare sit oh, down. Oh, you got my that pinch hurt. behind your, oh, your yeah. elbow? You know what I mean? You're that, standing up. 
Oh, bro. You know that pinch? Like, you yeah. better stand up right now, yeah. boy. I'm tired. You know my what legs hurt. Like, they didn't hurt yesterday when you were playing soccer all day. Yes, bro. And so, you know, I would even go to church sometimes, and I'd be off the weekend drinking and faded, and uh, I'd be hungover going to church on Sunday mornings. My parents would still take me to church. I'd be throwing up outside the church. Wow. You know, I remember one time I was throwing Keep up. Keep bringing them to the house of the Lord. Keep bringing, Keep bringing them, them. Because one day, yes. God can do it. God will do it. He's faithful. And so I, I went to church because I had to. And I'm there, and right before service starts, this youth leader, his name's Champ, he walks up to me, and he told me, he said, I want you to know tonight, by the end of service, whatever you ask from God, he's going to speak to you, and he's going to answer you. Come on, Champ. So come on, Champ. Come on, You're champ a Champ in the champ. chat. Where are you at, Champ? <laughs> come on. Come on, Champ. And so I was like, that's interesting. You know, like nobody ever really told me that in yeah. church. Like it was just something odd. And um, the service started and I kept that in the back of my mind. Pills in my pocket. I got God on my mind. Pills mm. in my pocket. But I'm thinking maybe tonight might be the night that I encounter the God that I've seen my mom serve and pray come to. On, come that on. I encounter the God that I see my dad has served and prayed to. Maybe this could be it. And so the service goes on. Um, there's this woman preaching, Sister Mitzi, little Mitzi, Pastor Ed Morales' daughter, and she's preaching a fire message. And I'm thinking about asking God. And I said, God, if you're real, you know, I just want to know why I'm here. Like mm -hmm. I told you, the drugs were just a void, filling the void. I just said, I really just want to know what my purpose is here. I want something to live for. I want something that's going to get me going, God. And right when I said that, Zay, literally before the words left my mouth at the end of my statement she stops her message come on she wasn't even at thank the lord for spirit-led preachers thank the lord for anointed women men of god that are sensitive to the spirit because she stopped her message to come and speak to me and prophesy over me and oh. she put the mic down she didn't come make on. it like a big deal she put the mic down and everybody's staring at her and she walked up to me and she began to tell me she said you want to know if god is real that's the first thing she Come said, and that was the first on. thing I told God. Listen, I just came to tell somebody tonight in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says his ear is not too deaf to hear you, nor his arm too short to reach you. Man, that day God's ear was not too deaf to hear me, and his arm was not too short to reach me. God heard my cry. Come on. I said, God, if you're real, show me what I'm here for. And she said, you want to know if God's real? And I instantly began to cry, not just because of what she said and confirming that God heard me, but I also felt the power, this power that I felt like I was never aware of in my life. Yes. I felt like it was always there maybe in the services because we were at an anointed church. But for the first time, you know when you have that Kairos on, moment where God wakes you up and he chooses to highlight you and breathe on you. And I was there and I felt the power of the Holy Spirit as she's speaking to me. It mm. wasn't just her words and her prophecy, but it was the embrace of God. And when I was feeling this, she said, God has called you to do music. God has called you to minister through music all around the world. Wow. I'm like, no, I've never even wrote a rap in my life. I'm like Isaiah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know <laughs> don't, how to rap. Like, I don't even know what are you talking about? Kids. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? Like music. Am <laughs> I gonna like, like Isaiah? Sing? <laughs> Are you gonna throw me out? I'm like sorry, that? bro. I'm sorry. I was, a little I was shy. like, Isaiah, I had no clue how to rap. I'm a terrible voice. My bro, voice is whack. You know what I mean? Just a little side shot yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what kind of, I'm like confused. She's like, yeah. And you have, she said something like, you have a red carpet in front of you 
that Whoa. you're going to start to open your mouth and your generation is going to be set free and there's going to be doors open to you and you're going to just save souls through your music and ministering of the word. And I just begin to break. I just begin to cry. And I felt in that moment like God was hugging me. I felt in that moment for the first time, I felt this love. For the first come time, on, I felt this on. high that no drug could give me. I felt this excitement that no pill could give me. I literally felt like God woke my heart back to life. See, drugs reached my extremities. Drugs mm. reached my, it touched my body. It, it made me feel good. But God touched my heart. God reached deeper than the surface. He touched my heart. And in that moment, I surrendered to God. I surrendered to him. And I was like the prodigal son. I came to my senses. All of a sudden, I left that place. They ended the service. I'm still crying. I'm still broken at God speaking to me. And I leave. And you know how when you first get saved, you, you're almost like your mind has to catch up yeah. with what God did in your soul? Yeah. Like you're so used to thinking about going and sinning. And I was like, my mind was like, you're still going to go do what you're going to do. Whoa. But my heart had no desire for it. My mind was like, are you still going to go and party tonight? You got the pills in your pocket. And my heart was like, I don't even care for these pills right now. I had no desires. I came to my senses and God delivered me radically, bro. Come on. Radically transformed me. Changed my desires. Born again. Um, I just begin to, every morning after that, I begin to wake up and I would just pray. Five in the morning, I would pray. Before I wouldn't wake up till nine, 10, I didn't want to get out of bed because I was depressed in my bondage. Yeah. And now I'm waking up at five in the morning, putting on worship music. And it's like everything that my parents had ever taught me and everything that they've ever sowed into my life. It's like, this is what they were talking about. This mm. is real. This God that they talked about is real. And he just touched my heart and I'm on fire for him. Started praying at like five in the morning. Um, just, just broken in the presence of God. Now here's where everything connects. This happened right in the same span of time when God saved you. Wow. This wow. literally I didn't happened. even know. I don't know how I've never heard your testimony. Yeah, I didn't bro. know any of this. Yeah, bro. This is all first time to me tonight. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah, this happened. I remember before that service where I got saved, it was just like a week before or two weeks before. Because we weren't talking at this time. Our no. family was all fragmented. We were all doing our own thing, and I had no clue. I literally didn't know any of this until tonight. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember a week or two weeks before that service where I got saved, I remember hearing that Isaiah, my mom came to me. She's like, Isaiah, he got saved. Whoa. And he can't, he hasn't slept for three days. Like he had an awakening. And I knew, this is how I knew God works in seasons a lot of times. Yeah. And this is how I knew God was doing something. Because when I heard that, I remembered when I visited you. Yeah. I visited you the Christmas before. What month did you get saved? I got saved in January 2011. Okay, I visited you the Christmas before for the holidays. I was there staying with Nina Janelle. Love you, Nina. And I was there, and I remember one night I was sleeping, and I woke up to you stumbling in the house, and you were so drunk, you threw up the whole night in the bathroom. Mm. And I couldn't sleep because I kept waking up, and I kept hearing you throw up over and over again. And you were so uh, drunk that night. And I remember when my mom told me he saved, I'm like, no, I just seen him in wow. this condition. And you're telling me he saved? He hasn't slept for three days because he had this straight encounter with God? And there was something in me, Zay, that said... Man, if God could do it for him, the way that I've seen him in December, maybe God could set me free from my drug addiction. Come on. 
I was like, man, if God could set him free, my cousin, I know the way he was. I seen the way he was. Maybe just maybe there's hope for me. Wow. Maybe God can can do something different in my life because I was hurting, bro. Yeah. This is what the devil doesn't tell you. Everybody watching, this is what the devil doesn't tell you Come about on, sin. Come on. Sin leaves you broken, man. Sin leaves you tore back, man. Sin leaves you dry. Sin leaves you hungry and mm. thirsty. Sin leaves you not knowing what happened the night before. Sin leaves you just breaking down. And I was in that place. I was lost. And I said, man, if God could do it for him, maybe God can do it for me. And two weeks later is when I had that breakthrough in my life. And God saved me. And so I go home and I remember hearing about the revival because right when you got saved, the revival yeah, pretty much kicked right off. Away at the house. And so I was, I got saved and everybody's like, there's a revival kicking off in Manteca. You know, it started as a prayer meeting, but now people are coming and getting healed, delivered and saved. And Isaiah is leading it. And, and so I go home and I, for some reason, I just felt like I need to go. Like, um, and I'm not talking about like, I need to go and visit. I was like, I need to move there. Something was drawing me there. And so I went to my mom, not to mention all of my connections to sin and lust and um, drug addiction. It was all in San Jose yeah. where I was, you know, where yep. I was at. And so there was always like, man, I should probably leave. It's just so hectic here. So I remember I told my mom, I said, mom, I need to leave and I need to go be with my Nino and Nina who lived across the street, Nino and Nina, uh, Nino Ben and Nina Val Lucero. And I need to go be with Isaiah, my cousin. Um, I can't stay here because if I stay here, I'm scared that I'm gonna go back. Yeah. And my mom, thank God for thank God for my mom. In the middle, of, I was in school at the time. I was still going to school, right? She goes, pack your bags. I'm taking you. Didn't even call yet. Wow. Didn't even ask where I'm gonna stay. And I told her I want to go live out there. She goes, pack your bags. I'm taking you. She understood that when God called, she was gonna answer. She understood that when God called me, I'm gonna, you know. And so. Mom. That night, I went to pack my my bags, and I'm there, and I'm packing my bags in tears, bro. It brings me to tears right now because I remember when I was packing my bags, I remember feeling like, man, everything's going to change. Come on. Everything's going to change. I know God's going to do something in my life, and, and I'm so happy that I'm saved, and I'm happy that I don't got to deal with drug addiction no more, and the devil can't, he can't destroy my relationships with people, and and maybe God has a, I, I just kept thinking, maybe God has a beautiful plan for me. Wow. Maybe he has a family to give me. Because listen, when the devil tears you down in your mind, he takes your worth. He takes your value. Mm. That's why the prodigal son, when he had spent all, all in prodigal living, he said, I'm going to go back. I'm not even going to be a son no more. I'm just going to be a servant. That's what the devil does. He takes your identity. And I remember saying, man, maybe I can go to Manteca and everything could be different. And I packed my bags and my mom drove me out there and I heard her on the phone with my Nina on the way. And she's like, Nina, her sister, my auntie Valerie, please take, please take Zach. Please take him. You know, he's, he's been struggling in San Jose and he wants to be out there with you guys where the revival's at. And thank God for my Nina too. Thank Come God on. for my Nina and my Nino Ben because she told him, she told my mom, if you show up with him here, we'll take him in. Wow. And wow. for the next three years, they took me into their home across the street from the revival yeah, where yeah. God was was just moving, healing people, delivering people, saving people. His miraculous power was on that house. And they took me into their home. And I remember getting there, um, unpacking, giving a hug to my Nina and my Nino who took me in like a son. And I remember that for the next three years in the revival, Every time I came to the awakening across the street, it was 
It was 10 steps across yeah, the street. Yeah. The best 10 steps that I would feel every <laughs> week. On. Because you know how when you first get saved, you're sensitive to the yes, presence of God. Yes. You're so, you cry about everything. You're yep. broken about everything because he who who he was forgiven much loves much. Yes. And I remember that the first week that I, the revival night happened, I'm there and I'm living there now. And I'm walking across the street. And before I even get to the house in the parking lot, I just begin weeping. And I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. God's going to change my life here. God's going to deliver me even more here. And then I get into the room and you're preaching. And then we pray for people. And this revival that was so tangible and real, I was in it for the next few years of my life. And it branded me. Come it on. marked me so much to the point that till this day, when you're birthed in the fire, you can't settle for the smoke. Come on. Like till this day, I'm not satisfied with casual Christianity. Come on. Till this day, I'm not satisfied with playing church, Zay. Come like, on. I want the real presence of God that saved me and delivered me. And I spent, bro, those few years there with you, traveling with you. Yeah, yeah. I would open up in music. So, you know, long We didn't story have no worship music for the first, like, four or five years of the revival. We just had spoken word and hip-hop. So people were coming from all over, waiting for the worship music. We were like, all of us young guys were getting saved and a bunch of hip-hop artists, and we didn't have... We didn't have like, we just didn't have any worship music. We just literally had spoken word hip hop. We were reaching the next generation. And then the presence of God would move. I would get up and preach. Couldn't understand half the things I said. My uncle, my Nino would get up literally after me. So I would preach yes. and just share my testimony. You guys think I talk fast now? I talked 10 times faster. I made no sense half the time. And then my Nino would get up and say, oh, this is what he meant. You know, he was talking about, because I'd be like, I see a dragon and a sickle. And, and, the, Lord, <laughs> and the Lord is saying, swing the sickle. And then my... <laughs> I'm not kidding. My uncle would get up and be like, well, you know, in Revelation, there's an angel and there's a harvest. Like he would have to interpret and I'd be like, I'm hearing the Lord say this in the middle of my preaching and people just didn't know what to do with me. But the, the testimonies and the fruit and the presence and the power and the anointing of God was undeniable. And one thing I want to say too, as you're sharing your testimony is our parents really rallied around us. Our aunts, our uncles, my Nino, my Nina, my mom, my dad, your parents, they rallied around. And instead of watering down and saying, oh, you guys are going to settle down and this is just a season you're going through, they really threw gas on that fire on, and said, on. this is what we've been praying for. Because yes. I got home and I was like, I'm leaving. I was going through the hiring process. You know, I wanted to become a deputy. I'm about to turn 20. You have to be 20 and a half. So I was going through like the cadet program and applying to do that. And I was getting graduating my degree. And I was like, I'm leaving everything. I'm not going to do law enforcement. I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. I'm leaving my friends. Guys, this was not just Z and me. This was like my brother, my sister, my cousins, all of us. Think about this. Families that were raised together, we grew up together, all of us at once. There's a verse. I don't know exactly where it's at, but it says there's going to come a time. And I, I just feel the Holy Ghost so strong tonight. It, but it says long lost families are going to come back to their senses. And literally, our family was so fragmented, so broken. None of us were talking. We were all just lost. Here we are, and this is hope for some of you guys out here, because now we're all in full-time ministry, but we were all just so lost, doing our own thing. And then in the matter of months, the Lord redeemed us, saved us, delivered us, brought us all together, and then launched us into what will now be 12 years later, still burning with that same fire. Like it wasn't just a flash in the pan. It wasn't just a one-time thing. So we all had these radical encounters. We were sharing our testimonies. We were doing hip hop. We were seeing prayer. And it was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop prayer. Because in our minds, we were like, and this is really a word for some of you. We partied 24 seven. 
We drank and did drugs 24-7. Why would we do? Like, we didn't even understand when people were like, oh, you just go to church on Sunday. We were like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean you just go to church on Sunday? You don't go to church. We are the church. Come like, on. We didn't understand because we came out of this drugs and drinking and partying and sleeping around and all that. We didn't understand watered down, lukewarm, neutered, sanitized Christianity. We just thought everybody gets saved like this and you just, it's normal to pray all the time. And I want to even challenge some of you in the chat that have lost your fire Come and on. tonight God's re-sparking that fire. Like, what do you even mean you don't pray? What do you even mean you don't read? What else is there to life than worship and prayer and calling out to God and ministering to people like this is literally we got born into the fire and in the beginnings yeah i remember people saying and pastor sitting me and you down and being like this is just gonna die out brother and <laughs> you're gonna calm down and this is just a honeymoon and i think pastors say that because they lost their fire so they want you to be like them yeah. like you just need to be like us and i'm like i don't want to be like you when sick people get around you they stay sick when the demonized get around you they stay demonized when lost people get around you they stay lost like i want to be in the supernatural river of God yes. and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hope some of you in the chat are getting sparked tonight, going, I want revival. Yes. And if it could happen, Z, in our family, where this revival breaks out, where there's hundreds of people coming and God's moving and deliverance and, and miracles, and I would pay a million dollars plus to go back to that, yeah. to where we were in the beginning. Now, yes. of course, you know, we've God's done an amazing thing and I'm so grateful for where we're at reaching people now. And we both are in just amazing, these churches where God is moving, but there's something about the, the immaturity. There's something about not knowing protocol. There's something about not knowing the green room. You know, we've been in these big churches and all that. It's like, Say, you get to the place where you just know so much, you don't really know anything anymore. And I, I always pray like, Lord, I want to go back to that innocence. I want to go back to that purity. And tonight, I just prophesy over you. Some of you are going back to that first love purity. Some of you are going back to that first love encounter. Yes. Some of you are going back to that place where all you can think about is God. All you can, you're worshiping, you're praying. It's 24 hours a day where people are saying, you need to calm down. Let me, let me say this. The devil is the one telling you to calm Come down. On. The devil is the one telling you not to worship. The devil is the one telling you you're going to settle down. But God is saying, go harder, run faster, yes. pray longer, worship more intense. God will never tell you to calm down. God is never going to tell you it's too much. God is looking for people tonight that would fully surrender everything and go, I'm going all in for this thing. So for us, that was, that was literally the revival in those early days, I just wanted to kind of pause on that. The revival in those early days, like it was just deliverance all the time. When people are like, I don't believe in deliverance. I'm like, how do you not believe in casting out demons? How do you not believe in miracles? How do you live this Christian life? And for some of you, I hear the Lord saying, it's time to get off the sidelines. Come on. Some of you've been on the cruise ship Jose. and the Lord anointed you to live on that battleship call you out of the sidelines Preach. and put you into this ministry. And so, man, I remember hearing, you know, Z got saved. And again, we didn't really talk much. We didn't know at that time. We we were all raised super close. We were all pretty much living together here and there. And But then as we started getting older, the world separates families. The, the devil doesn't want families to be get together. And so the devil separated our family, but then God's like, the devil has one plan. And I believe that day, and I want to just go back to it, where you, where they, where your cousin made you take that ecstasy, I would consider him a dark evangelist. That's something Lonnie Frizz would say, a dark evangelist. Yeah. He was a dark minister, a, a demonic minister. And there's a lot of people listening where demonic ministers, a dark evangelist came into your life and molested you and raped you and gave you drugs and made you go down that dark path. 
but then God is coming to you tonight. You're not on this by accident. You Maybe you've been going through drug addiction, but the Holy Spirit is here tonight. We are Holy Ghost evangelists. We are evangelists of the Holy Spirit here to reach you tonight yes. to say God can bring you out of that trauma, that addiction. Maybe it was molestation. Maybe it was rape where it was that open door for that demon to come into your life. For you, it was the spirit of addiction. Others, it could be the spirit of perversion. I had my own open doors and encounters that I had with dark evangelists. I had friends that didn't know they were dark evangelists. I had friends that were living by me where I was you know, doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing at their home and exposed to things I shouldn't have been exposed to. And the devil has these dark evangelists in our life. Some of you are dating a dark evangelist. Wow. Some of you are, are you know, friends with dark evangelists and you're going out letting people that are being used of the devil. It is clear that the devil used your cousin that night to give you those drugs. But where there's one dark evangelist and where the enemy has a plan come on friend god has a plan yes long lost families are returning to their senses yes. and i'm believing that entire families are going to get saved i'm believing that entire families are going to get delivered that the presence and the power and the anointing of god is going to touch your family so i'm hearing this message of hope if you've been praying for your family if you've been praying for your kids i hear the lord saying keep praying yes keep going getting on your knees let your knees get blistered up let your knees get callous. Let the presence and the power of God meet you where you're at tonight because there's hope for your friends and family. So here you are. I know I just went on a side note there, gave you a little break oh, there. Come on. But here you are now. You're off of drugs. God is delivering you. You're being born again. You're now seeing demons get cast out. You're seeing miracles happen. People are getting out of wheelchairs. People are getting healed and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about from there. How do you get into how do you get into ministry? How do you get into music? Um, what was your first, if you remember, your first flow, your first time where you're like, man, I got a gift? Because you always say you're not a rapper, you're a minister. And I love that about you because we can talk later about the Christian hip-hop world is known for being so carnal, so complacent. There's some voices now God is raising up. But you've always had the motto of, and my, my Nino has always said this, who's our uncle, who we're talking about, our Nino and Nina and our parents. Our Nino's always been like, you guys are not rappers, you guys are ministers. You guys are ministers. So we always say that in our family, like we're not rappers, we're not hip hop artists, we're ministers of the gospel. Um, we're sons of God that are, are doing what God's called to do. So you're traveling with me, you're doing hip hop, but let's rewind a little bit to how you got into God using you in this ministry. Now people see you on Spotify. By the way, his Spotify is linked in the description and his YouTube's also linked in the description because he has incredible music, music videos. It's just amazing. But talk a little bit about how you got into like God giving you this gift and you knowing you had this supernatural gift. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, long before all of this, when I was like 10, before the drug addiction and everything, Pastor Ed... Uh, had me in a play in Victory Outreach San Jose. If you know about Pastor Ed's plays, Victory Outreach plays, um, the Duke of Earl, we were in a play that Pastor Ed was producing, and he had me rap. Uh, I don't know why he did, but he seen something, you know, God was showing him. And so um, that was like a seed that was sown. And then when I got saved and we we're there in the awakening, it was like God brought it back around, mm. and these songs started to come to me um, in the presence of God. Wow. And these songs were just... So not me. Even to this day, I honestly tell people, uh, I, I have a ghostwriter. I don't write my own music. Come on. Um, it's the holy ghostwriter. Oh, come on. I was like, you do have a ghostwriter? <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, I don't you know if you for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can rock your stuff anymore. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's the holy ghostwriter. Come on. Because honestly, Zay, when God gives me songs, and just, just like when I was young in the presence of God, they'll come to me in, I'm not even joking, 30 minutes, whole songs on, that take ghost. maybe somebody three hours, 30 minutes. 
and they're songs of deliverance. And they're like in me. I don't even have to write them sometimes. They're just in me. I'll just begin to, they're written on my heart and it's the Holy Spirit. And so God gave me these songs um, in the awakening. Uh, one of them was Dancing with the Devil. Yes. And it was like if, a- If you remember any of it, I know, it, of course, you don't have to do the whole song, but give some of the lines, because these songs were, let me go back to my screen. You, these, these songs were cutting edge, and they were deep, and they were spiritual, and they were radical. And at the time, Christian hip-hop, now it's a little different. There's some more radical people, but there was, there was nothing radical happening on that level, and you guys came out, really paved a new path in ministering. And Brian Trejo, who's a good friend of ours, shout out to Brian, he's probably in the chat, also is like that level of like this is ministry not entertainment not just music but what are some like some of the lines from maybe dancing with the devil that maybe you remember if you if you remember some of them i'm totally putting you on the spot here but you mentioned it so um dancing with the devil god please convict me come rescue me quickly she's heading straight to hell and she says i'm taking you with me you're remembering it now Her words are smooth as oil she'll smile in your face her lips are sweet as honey but she'll leave, leave a bitter, a bitter taste. nico knows it nico yeah. knows it they'll leave a bitter taste um, my friend, listen closely. This woman is unholy. And it's just talking about this lust dragging you to hell. Because the Bible says lust yep. is a burning fire leading to hell. Yep. It's important we talk about the consequences of sin. Yes. Um, and there was just these songs of deliverance. I remember ministering that song one time. We went to Canada. Yeah. So in the process of all this, we're traveling. And I'm opening up in music. And then you're bringing the word. And it's like a one-two punch. Yeah, people say, how's he so good at preaching? I'm like, oh, you know, he heard me. Bro, bro I sat I'm under like, you. I'm like, he sat under me for a few years. For three no, no, years. No, I would never take credit like that. It's the Holy Ghost. But, bro, I it's would. It's in our blood, too. Yeah. It's our and, family lineage. Yeah, and, um, you know, I would do this music. But I remember in Canada one time I did that song. And it's all about lust. And it's about God delivering us from lust. And um, this girl was in the church that everybody in the church could tell she was dressed, like, literally almost with nothing on, like skimpy, you yeah. know? And it was just so obvious because we were in a, in a church. Um, and in the middle of that song, as I'm ministering about lust, she got up and walked, left. I seen her leave. Wow. Later that night, I see her come back in. And she's fully dressed in wow. clothes. She was fully dressed in clothes. And the pastor actually went to talk to her after. He told me all this after. He said, I went to talk to her. And she said that she left when your song started playing about the lust because she felt like a daughter of the king should not be dressed the way that she was dressed. Whoa. So identity was imparted from this song through the Holy Spirit to her, and she went home changed, put clothes on, and came back come to the on, house of God. Come on. So, you know, songs, music that delivers. We had we had jaywalking, all my jaywalkers yeah, Jay out there. Jaywalking's old school. That was way ahead of its time. Yeah. That was way ahead of its time. Jaywalking Frontline fighters, so sick rhyme writers. There's yeah. only one creator, and his name's not Tyler. It's old school. I let go of this world so I could be free. The devil can't play me like a scratch CD. Come on. Shout out to my boys, to my boys who producing this. My squad loyal. I don't hang around with Judas's. Destination heaven, I'm trying to walk through that sky door. Who cares if you don't like me because Jesus thinks I'm to die for. Come on. Yeah. Nico's delayed because he hears our voice delayed. <laughs> Nico's, my, Nico's got my ad-libs right now yeah. if you hear the hype ad-libs. What was the first? Can you remember the first flow? Remember that flow you used to do? I think it was the one that Pastor Ed had you do when you came to first came to Manteca. Yeah. And it was about like, uh, do you remember that or no? Yeah. I'm totally putting on the I spot I think it's here. the first one I wrote. I think it goes, I, I haven't spit it probably since. Yeah, it was old. This is 12 years Someone ago. Someone check the mic. Do they like my voice? Sorry if you don't. It's super it's funny <laughs> rapping it because I'm like at it. 
Sorry if you don't, because you don't got a choice. Because someone's got to represent and just keep preaching. Because gangbangers are banging and tweakers are still tweaking. Robbers are still robbing and geekers are still geeking. Smokers are still smoking and drinkers just keep drinking. But little do they know they some leaders up in the making. And no, I'm not hot, boy. God makes me blazing. Yeah. And God keeps me flaming. Sorry, ladies. I'm all here, so I'm already taken. I, I said something like that. I don't uh, know. That was his first. All the I girls remember. would be like, ah, on that part. <laughs> I remember when you first I remember when you first came to Manteca and you had that one flow that you'd always do and I was like this was so something about Teal Town, the sharks, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bl the black sheep also you tied into like Oh, you remember? I remember, these? bro. Bro, give and me some right now, bro. That was straight fire, Man. dude. I gotta hold on, let's do that again with the wide angle. Here we go. Yeah. Let's oh, go. Yeah. I remember that first flow and I was like, whoa, you have a gift. And then we were at actually a conference called Ammo Conference. Do you Bro, remember that? Talk about this. Pastor Jason Nettles, the guy I got saved under, shout out to Jason Nettles, he watches as well. He um he gave you a shot. It was a massive conference. And they like he Z was flowing in like the lobby of the conference and everyone was gathering around, like, whoa, this guy can like flow. And then Jason's like, let me put you on stage. There's like thousands of kids. Well, what's crazy? And Jason put you on stage. What's crazy is Nino had called me. Right at that conference on the phone, I called him and I was like, uh, there was a lunch break and I called him. And I'm like, can somebody come pick me up? I was kind of like ready to go because you know how conferences are. Yeah. I don't know why we do this at Christian conferences. We do like seven speakers. Yeah, nine to, hours. Yeah, a day. nine hours. Um, but I was like burnt out a little bit. So I called Nino and I'm like, Nino, I'm like, can you come pick me up? I'm tired. And he's like, man, you know what? He's like, nephew, stay there. Get the word in you. He said, who knows? He's like, do you believe that maybe even tonight? God can put you on that stage tonight. Oh, it was a massive youth conference. Like thousands of young people. No one gets on stage. Nobody like, gets on. I mean, it, like, you, yeah, I'm no not way. even in the back. No, no one knows anybody. Stage. I'm not even back. I don't even know anybody, you yeah. know? We and all just like, got saved. We all like, just got saved. Z, do you believe God could put you on that stage tonight? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know? Like, bro, come on. <laughs> so, bro, you get off the phone, and Nino has a way of doing this. Like, when he speaks something, a lot of times it comes to pass. And we get off the phone, and then I go to the lobby to go back into service, and all these guys are rapping in the lobby, and Pastor Jason Nettles was out there. And I'm like, hey, let me get up in this. It's like a cypher. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to lie, some of the people were whack. So I'm like, if they could rap, then I could definitely get up in here. <laughs> yeah. And so I get in there, and I do like 16 bars, you know, probably like, you know, just a few minutes. I think you minutes. did what you just did a little bit ago. I think I did. You did your first. You only had one or two. Bro, I was. Yeah, you had like, well, yeah, you were The fresh. clip was empty, bro. I, yeah. You know what I mean? And so he was like, hey, Pastor Jason was like, you know what? Be ready tonight. And I'm like, I feel like it was a moment. Nino's voice was like, can you believe you yeah. can get back on that stage tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, this is happening. You're going to give you a Grammy speech. Yeah, bro. And so he's like, be ready tonight. You know, I might call you up. So I'm like, okay. Then that night, Nino comes to the conference. Jasmine's there. Jazzy, I love you. He's in the um, chat too. Yeah, ja of course. Jazzy's always supporting us so much. Andrew was there as well. I love you, Andrew. Our whole family was there. Brittany was, was there. And um, we're sitting. You were there. We're sitting in the ammo conference and Pastor Jason goes up for the intro of the service and he goes, where's that rapper from San Jose at? Where's that young rapper, that young spitter from San Jose at? And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is it. 5,000 people. Yeah, and I start to go try to walk up, but because I'm not coming out from backstage, nobody's letting me through all of the traffic. <laughs> And I'm like, move out the way. <laughs> like, and, I'm the guy. And, and, like, that conference was packed, so nobody wanted to let people through. Yeah. So they're like, hey, man, like, you're not taking my spot. And I'm like, no, he's calling me. He's calling me. And he's like, wait. He's like, come on, come on. So I push through the crowd, right, like the woman with the issue of blood. I make it, <laughs> I make it, to, the, I make it to the stage. And, bro, um, I spit that, that two, the only bars I had, you know, two minutes of fire. 
And I'm not going to lie to you, I felt the Holy Spirit on me. And this was the process of God starting to show me, like, this is that red carpet that, you know, that prophesied wow, over you, wow. that I'm going to open doors no man can shut. And when, when I wrapped that, I felt the anointing on me. Um, and all of a sudden, I seen people just go crazy. I felt like it edified the body. It encouraged people. And I left that place. And that was definitely a, a checkpoint for yeah, me, yeah. you know? It was, it God was crazy. God launched you into something there. I remember when that happened, we were all like, no way, he's on stage, he's, he's rapping. And then God just began to open the doors for you as, of course, you were ministering with me. We were traveling together, seeing God do incredible things. At the church, you were ministering. You were always just serving and serving. Always you had that song, Serve, but it, you really lived it. You lived a lifestyle of wanting to serve, being on fire for God, being radical. Of course, we'll talk about how you went from music to preaching, but the people are asking, they're in the chat, we're still on your testimony, Give us something, give us an acapella of maybe the spiritual sniper song, which by the way, people still are like, do you know there's a guy that uses your preaching? Did he, did he ask you? I'm like, that's literally my cousin. Cause you made, you know, the spiritual sniper song. Yeah. Like he took your spiritual sniper. I'm like, dude, that's my blood. That's my cousin. But no, you give us, give us maybe some acapella of some of your new stuff or maybe your this yeah. last album you just released. Cause if people are asking, they want to hear it. Um, we don't, we're not going to put a beat on because of copyright. Z's going to copyright me over here on YouTube. Yeah. He's going to copyright strike me. But let's get some acapella or something just so people, you know, now, the level with the with the lyrics and with what you're doing, you're ministering. I'm putting you on the spot, but it's okay. Of, yeah. uh, let's hear something. Let's hear something. Yeah, look, um, I'm not your average. I'm a rapper who don't rap about packing glocks and acting out and all the checks I'm cashing out. I preach the gospel, bring the gospel to the masses now. Passion for the master's house, and one day you're going to have to bow. Armor of the Lord, you know what the heck my fashion bout. I hit the and one every time the devil acting foul. I don't got no limits, look. I don't see us capping out. Tell me how that Bud Light always got you blacking out. What type of life is that about? Look around, you average now. Without the love of Jesus, you got nothing to be glad about. You got a gift, be productive, live your passion out. Be unashamed when they ask you who your passion about. These are the keys to taking the not your average route. Set apart from the rest, that's what my dad's about. Hey, who been sleeping on the floor? Go pull the mattress out. The other day I told a demon, bring your captain out. I only follow the plan that my daddy's mapping out. I crossed over like Iverson, got the answer now. I seen Jesus heal the sick and kick the cancer out. I know a lot of rappers, but don't know a lot of rapture. Wow. Last day, remnant, I ain't trying to be sleep. It's a very urgent hour, souls are dying in the streets. Some think it's a joke, like why you trying to be deep? If they don't want it in the States, I'll go to China to preach. Told my wife he stay woke, cause these days will get evil. Demons in the land, I got a slave for my people. They don't want it back, black and white, but the gray will mislead you. I pray you find me faithful on the day that I see you. I'm having visions and dreams, I never spit for the streams. Use my gift for the king, I came to lift up the king, what? I was raised by some warriors Last day remnant You don't want to go to war with us Current so strong I suggest that you flow with us Christ seen the gold in us And then he started molding us One day Every knee will bow Look Kanye just chose to do it now Yeah And y'all hating man Isn't this what we prayed for? How you condemning a soul You didn't pray for Pharisee talk with your embarrassing walk. I'm an eagle. I ain't never been scared of these hawks. Sound the alarm, yup. Yeah. Uh, rally the troops. Sensitive to the spirit when he tells me to move. We changing history. In his name, there's victory. Ear to the throne as he loads another clip for me. Drive-by flows, I remind my soul. God's been good as far back as my timeline goes. Stand up for my home, man, a God in this peace. Preachers out here preaching what God didn't preach. I see wolves in sheep's clothing, but God is my peace. Kingdom music, yeah, I got the whole squad within reach. We going state to state, 
We put the devil on notice. One track mind, I'm eternity focused. Tunnel vision, we just begun the mission. I was born to run with vision. Tell him that the sun is risen. Tell him that he's lifted on high. He has no end. He's coming back soon. Don't let your lamp go dim. Keep that oil burning. Always spitting royal sermons. Eyes of the Lord, they've been looking for a loyal servant. I'm going to always stay ready. I don't got to get ready. Sermons from the most high, you should know we spit revy. That's off the cuff. My king is often clutch. A righteous man falls, but he keeps on popping up. Ooh, the on. wicked always crumble when calamity strikes. Motives gotta be pure. I don't rap for these likes. Give me souls, lest I go and start to cancel these flights. I'ma preach the gospel every time they hand me the mic. Look, I don't got no time to waste. People living like they got all kind of days. Tell the devil this on sight, I need the time and place. Frontline soldier be the Come first on. on the field. I got Goliath's blood all submerged on the shield. Ooh. If they want me to renounce, I'm getting murked. That's for real. Just tell them Jesus Christ is who I served if I'm killed. Yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we can end it there. Come Straight on. fire. <laughs> Everyone's like, what song? That was a bunch of songs, a bunch of freestyle. That was straight fire. Again, I have his stuff linked. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that, bro. I was expecting, like, you know, a little one-liner, but that was straight fire. We're going to make him do something else later, but, man, that was so good. So you are now at the Revival. You started doing music. Talk to us a little bit how you go from doing music. Give us a little bit from there, from when you first get saved, any encounters, anything you want to share about that time of your life, and then going into preaching, becoming a pastor. Um, you ended up going to New York. You've been kind of all over the place preaching, traveling. Share a little bit about that. Kingdom music, maybe, how you got involved, and just kind of fast forward us a little bit. Yeah, to how you I are would now. definitely say the next part, most important part, is when I met my wife, Celeste, mm. at the revival. Um, Celeste and her family, I see uh, my mother-in-law, Erica's on here. Her whole family, she was born and raised in New York City, um, and they uh, were going through a lot out there in New York. Um, their, her little brother, Eli, he actually um, had eight surgeries in his ears. Wow. Um, and he had 4% hearing in all of his ears. And the doctor says, we're going to try to do another surgery, and it might give him his hearing back, or it could actually make him go complete. It's just, you know, it's like 50-50. And so... Instead of doing that, she, my mother-in-law, had called her son, Sammy, who was saved in the revival. Mm. It's crazy how this all intertwines. I'm going to do my best to explain it. Yeah, it's all intersecting. Yeah, Sammy had came from New York already to come and be a part of the revival at the Awakening. Sammy's on here as He's well. Out East. Out East. Yeah, I just yeah. saw him a little bit ago. And so he was already here at the time. I didn't know Celeste yet. I think I had met Sammy already in the revival. And um, Sammy told his mom, don't have them do a surgery by faith, he says this, don't have him do a surgery. If you can get him here to the awakening, God can heal him. Come on. With 4% hearing, you know, that's a tall task. Yeah. But God can heal him. She, he said that. So they not only came to visit, they packed up. They packed up everything they had to move to Manteca and move to wow. the move of God, kind of like I did. Yeah. And they left New York and drove all of their stuff for three days. It takes about three days. And they drove in. And they drove in on a night of the awakening. And they went to In-N-Out first. Shout out to In-N-Out, right? <laughs> Not sponsored, but shout out. <laughs> they went to In-N-Out first. They got a, you know, got In-N-Out burger. And then Sam, Sammy takes his family to the awakening for the first time with this need. By the way, his, his ears had gotten so bad. He had this problem where he kept having fluid in his ears his whole life. Um, his ears had gotten so bad that that day, by that time, there was fluid by, like the size of golf balls in his ears. And um, they go to In-N-Out and then they go to the church that night. And I don't know if you even remember this, but that night they brought him up to you to, for you to pray for him. I do remember that. 
I do remember that. They brought him up to you to pray for him for his ears, and automatically the fluid went down. The golf balls completely went away. Wow. They go back to the doctor after this, and his hearing, I was just with him the other day. I went to visit my family on the East Coast. His hearing's 100% now. Come on. So he went 12 from years later. Yeah, 12 years later. So from 4% to a complete healing in his ears, wow. um, just a straight-up miracle. Well, in that time when, you know, her that family came, their family came and moved there, I met Celeste, the daughter. Okay. She came, and she wasn't saved yet. Okay. She was, like, grudgingly coming, you know, yeah, nudgingly yeah, she coming. had to come. Yeah, and I remember I seen her walk into the awakening, and I was like, Super, because okay, <laughs> go I, ahead, go ahead. Just I'm make from sure the West keep Coast. It, keep it spiritual. Yeah, PG, PG. Keep it spiritual. Uh, uh, I'm from the West Coast, so you know, uh, I I never seen a girl that like she just looked so different. <laughs> she talked so different. She had a New York accent. She had curly hair. She was Puerto Rican. When she opened her mouth and talked, I was like, like mesmerized. I was like, this girl's so beautiful, and she's not like anybody else. And so You're I making just, me blush over here. Come go on, ahead, bro. Go ahead. I instantly just you know I liked her right away. And so, um, you're like, I, we got to get her saved. I was like, we got to get her. We got to go evangelizing. <laughs> yeah. We got to go evangelizing right here. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? So, but she ended up getting saved in that, in, you know, right in that time yeah. uh, at the awakening from one of your messages. Mm. She, you were preaching one I night. feel like I didn't know any of this. You didn't I'm know, like, bro. I, how do I not know any of this stuff? Revelation tonight, bro. Yeah. So she gets saved right in that same time, um, gives her life to the Lord. And I'm like, green light, praise God. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're in there. Yeah. It's, it's a wrap. Just give her six months of prayer and give fasting. Give her six we're months, go. bro. Three. Give her three. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so um, I start trying to talk to her. And I try, you know, I'm trying to get in good with the family. So I'm trying to be cool with Erica, Minnow. But I really, you know, like Celeste. And um, I, I chased, I pursued her. And she didn't like me at first. She's like, like not at all, which was re weird to me because I was, <laughs> which was weird because all the ladies, you know, were lined up. I was the rapper the in the rapping, church. Yeah. Like all these girls would try to talk to me, but like, I liked her. Yeah. And she I didn't do remember like multiple girls being like, no, the Lord's telling me Z's my husband. I was like, no, he's not telling you that. That's not the Lord. I'm like, you're 40, <laughs> you're 14 years older than him. All <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true we story. A, we had a couple like 40 year olds being like the Lord's this telling is me, a you true know who story. you are. And I'm like, no, that's not the Lord. But no. No, there was a lot. There was a lot of girls, of course, in the beginning days, especially. And you guys have to remember too: is everybody was at the age of getting married. We're all like 19, 20, 18, 21. So we were all we weren't, you know, 13 year olds, but we were all at that age of getting married and getting in relationships. And we all got saved. We all came out of ungodly relationships. Now I got some funny stories, but we all came out of these ungodly relationships. And you know, I'm preaching. Z's Z's doing. Z's on the stage. If you're on the stage you're automatically going to get that those Jezebels that are drawn to you, right? Yeah. So all the Jezebels were lining up drawn, and my my Nino, my uncle, my parents, and all, thank God that they were like, no, you know, we need to pray and fast because there was girls like every other week being like, the Lord showed me. I literally had a lady bring her daughter to me Come one on. day. Let's I was like, I it. had a dream last night, and you were in a tuxedo, and she was in a wedding dress, and she's holding her daughter's hand. Her daughter's like... Her daughter's like, I don't even want to be here. And she's like, the Lord showed me that you're her husband. I was like, I don't even know you. You know, I don't even know you. But And and I, I'm like, I'm pretty sure your daughter's like four years old, five years older than me. But we had all these people just coming and, and really a lot of Jezebels coming. But we had spiritual parents guarding us and protecting us and and really leading us in a godly way. We were going through like pre-marriage counseling and we weren't doing the dating thing. We weren't, you know, try them out for a few months. So I praise the Lord because we did have a lot of godly leaders and pastors and mentors over us, specifically Nino. That was really, if you guys hear Nino's name a lot, Nino really took on the role of discipling all of us. Yes. And really yes. giving his life up 
to be like, I'm going to disciple these young people. And really, we all are just forever grateful to Nino and Nina and our parents because we if it wasn't you. for them just discipling us, pouring into us. I, I've said this day, if it wasn't for Nino being a spiritual father in our life and helping us, like I literally wouldn't be saved. Yeah. I would have went back to the world, but he really took all of us under his wing. He'd been in ministry for so many years and he discipled us. And one day we're going to get him right there in that chair in Jesus' name. Come we're going to get him on the podcast. Speak it. We're going to get him on the podcast. I'm already, I'm already putting it in his ear, but... Oh uh, man, he's just been such a pillar for all of us. I want to make sure that we give him his flowers because he just beyond deserves them. But yeah, he was helping with us with all of that. And so you and Celeste start, what, talking? She didn't like you. Sorry, I interrupted there, but I want to give context. Yeah, good. She didn't like you at first. Yeah, she didn't like me at first. I'm just pursuing. And um, she's like, I just want to be your friend. I just want to be your friend. And so um, finally, I'm trying to be in the friend zone, but graduate, you know? I'm trying to cross the friend zone line. <laughs> Uh, but, like, you know, the friend zone, you get impatient in the friend zone. You're like, okay, is it time, you know? And she just, like, wasn't budging. So, finally, I go, you know what? I'm not even going to be your friend. We're done. Because if if there's no future here, I like you too much. Yeah. Well, that you know what? Then the script flipped after that. So, I was like, I like you too much. I can't just be your friend. And then after that, um, well, what really happened She's is, in the chat, so make sure you keep it straight. Yeah, yeah I'm going to keep it straight. Make sure you keep it straight because she's in the chat. I'm going to keep it straight. He's like, actually, hold on. Let me back up a little well, bit. That was part of why, you know, she started to like me was that I was like, you know what? I'm not just going to be your friend. I'm not going to be friend zone. All the guys in the friend zone out there, if something's of God, you know what? He'll just, get you out of the friend zone. He'll, he'll get you. He'll deliver he you. you. Yeah. Um, and But there was also, uh, we, we there was a church picnic, a CWC church picnic. Yeah. I think it was like Memorial Day or something. And um, this was one of the main things that made her fall in love with me. We were there, and this guy started to make fun of her at the picnic, like way out of pocket, and make fun of like her, like what school she went to, um, and all this stuff. And then finally, I looked at him. I'm not going to say his name. We both know who he is. <laughs> tell me after. I'm not going to say his name. Tell me after. Tell me after. But he, he was like the backup quarterback for the football team, and that was the only thing I had on him. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> man, I was like, man, be quiet. You're over here making fun of her, and you play second string all day. <laughs> And so everybody busted up. Like, we Bro, this is church picnic beefs right yeah. here. Listen, you guys are tuned into church picnic beefs. So he was like, he got all embarrassed and everybody like laughed at him. But I didn't like how he was making fun of her. And then I looked over and she gave me like that side <laughs> smile. And I'm like, that's it. It's You're a wrap. We're getting married. We're getting married. We are. It's already done. And so I go home later that night. This is funny stuff because I, I don't think I've ever shared none of this stuff. No, I've heard none of this. And this so I stuck up for her at the park, you know. Um, and later that night, I, I text her and I'm like, you know, is it official now? <laughs> like, and she's like, yes, I, Dude, I, I surrender pretty much. I can't. <laughs> she's like, yes, this is real, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I feel bad for the dude. He my took an L, but I had to come up, bro. I had to get out the friend the zone, Lord bro. used him as a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> Somebody had to sacrifice, All it took bro. was one diss to get you out of the friend zone. One you diss, were one, bro. Some of you are one diss away from getting out of the friend zone. <laughs> so you just need a little boldness, you, you know what I mean? Up. Oh, I'm crying, dude. <laughs> I'm crying. Yeah, so uh, so after that, she was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to admit it. I like you. And, you know, it was just a process of her parents were amazing. Menno and Erica were so amazing because they always kept boundaries with us. Uh, Nino, always, Nino always kept boundaries on me, like calling me oh, you if I'm late know. for prayer. Nino you always called me when I was late for prayer, you know. And Nino called me at 2 a.m. Where are you? I'm at home in bed sleeping. He's like, all right, just making sure. I'm like, all right. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so, you know, then we started to develop a relationship. Everybody started to know we, we liked each other. Um, and then at the same time during all of this, we were being, cause we were all part of CWC. Yeah. We were being trained there, uh, in Bible college. Both of us yeah. were in Bible college at the same time and we got married. We ended up getting married 
Uh, you and Celeste. Me and Celeste. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, me no, and no, you. He's like, me and you were in Bible college. We ended up getting married. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you and Celeste end up. It's good looking. Good. It's all good. There's a lot of heresy hunters out there. They clip everything. They'll be like, Isaiah married his cousin before he married his wife. We're good. We're good. Good so looking you out, bro. you and Celeste end up getting married. Yeah, me and Celeste ended up getting married. Bishop Steve Priya married us. And um, right after that, um, he, we we got launched out to New York, to the East Coast. Mm. During to this be a part of the church out there. To, okay. Yeah, to be a part of the church on uh, in New York where her parents were pastoring out there. Okay. And so we helped there for a couple years and God was moving. That season was a lot more about what God was doing in my heart. Mm. I didn't realize that there was a lot of pride and different things that God wanted to just completely purify me of. And so after that, we went to Texas. I'm kind of just catching yeah, up you're good. to you're where good. we're at right now. After the three years in New York, we went to Texas um, with Brian, Kingdom yep, Music. Yep. So somewhere in all of this story, if you're watching, I met Brian uh, right before I got married. And when I met Brian, he completely just took me in as a little brother into the Kingdom Music family. Kingdom Music family, if you're in here, type one, type in, the one chat. in the chat. Kingdom Music family, he took me in and, bro, like, he always made room for me. Like, he just, everything that, every song, he's like, I want you on this. I want people, mm. and people need to hear what God has placed in you. And I'm so thankful for him uh, doing that because Kingdom Music family is my family now. And um, that was a huge door that got opened in the process of all of that. So I moved to Texas. Now I'm there with Brian. And when I touched down in Brian, we, with Brian, we started to just go music, hardcore yeah. music videos. And Spiritual Sniper was written there. Um, KMF Anthem, Soon As I Touched Down in Texas, was written there. And we just started to hit music real hard. Traveling all over the place. Traveling all over. Doing, and you guys have to realize, these shows they're talking about, this is, Brian is the realest you'll ever meet, but they are ministering to people. They're spending hours praying for people. They're on the streets praying for people. They are not doing, if you've ever been in one of Brian or Kingdom Music shows, they're not doing just entertainment hip-hop. Like, Brian's first song will have everybody on their knees crying out for God's spirit and revival. It is straight up. There's no performance. There's no show. There's a lot of ones in the chat. It is just straight up revival services. We brought, we brought Brian in. I don't know how many times of the awakening we kept bringing him in over and over again because he was really bringing revival to the Christian hip hop scene, but really to the streets. Like Brian's just out there loving on people, praying with people till two, three in the morning at services, didn't want to leave. And uh, he's, he's as real as they get. I tell everyone that I'm doing an event with Brian here next month, but I tell everyone, I'm like, there's no one more real than Brian doing his music, ministering to people. He's laid his life down. They're doing like 150, 200 shows a year, just going out, ministering to people all night, praying. I seen him put people in hotels. I seen him do baptisms in, in their hotel and getting people off the street and feeding people and just in, in the ghettos, just praying with people, loudspeakers like you guys are really about reaching people on the street and reaching the unreachable. And so I just have to highly commend Brian for that because it's it's a real move of God. It's a real revival. Yeah, real before revival. the I mean, before the concerts where people think they're coming for music because they like the music, but that's just the tool. Yes. Me and Brian always say it like that's just the lure. We're fishing out there for souls. Yep. And before they come, they don't know we're in the back. We're in the green room and we're praying, bro. Mm. We're just calling heaven down. We're like, God birth revival in this place don't let this be a concert D dude concerts turn to crusades real quick come on like that's how it is bro we're looking for souls to be saved lives to be touched by the power of god um i mean the kingdom music men's conference we just had yeah bro hundreds of men all of us were on our face in the presence of god broken we before the that. lord the holy spirit just straight fell and so shout out to brian shout out to the kingdom music family yeah, on fire. So here you are now, you're doing music. How did you get into, I know we're like an hour into your testimony, but how did you get from doing music to preaching? 
Because you are, there he is, Brian's in the chat. You are a preaching Big machine. Bro. We've been talking, Brian, if you just jumped in, we, we just talked about you. He said, tears, bro. We love you, bro. We appreciate you. You're such a man of God, and you're as real as they possibly come. Um, we've said that over and over again. You've been there for so many people. I know he's gone through some health some health stuff recently, yeah, yeah. and we're praying for you that you make a full recovery, that the healing power of God touches you. And uh, thousands of people all over the world have been praying for him. And When I tell you guys that Brian is probably the most selfless guy I've ever met, Really, he like, is. Like I've been in hotels where he gave up his his bed, slept on the floor, and said, "No, I want like I want you to sleep on the yeah. on the bed, like straight soldier status, and just always literally just a servant, just a straight yeah. servant, bro, swinging his sword in his lane, doing his thing." And so, and, he's and just I want to say radical. one thing too. When I connected with Brian, this is the power of who you connect with. Something happened. I used to write songs, um, and when when I met Brian, like the songwriting went to a whole other level. Like, we would be in the studio, and he was like, it's in you. You, you know, write more. I would write a, a few songs, but when I got with Brian, I started writing albums. But wow. it was I felt like it was an impartation, you know what yeah, I mean, of what yeah. God was doing. Yeah. So. And, it, and it, is, it is ministry. His, his focus is ministry, and you don't see that in Christian hip-hop. You don't see <clears> people ministering. Like, these guys out here are revivalists. These guys are out here praying for the sick, casting out demons. I mean, straight on, full-blown charismatic Pentecostal moving in the spiritual gifts in these hip hop events that are thousands of people are coming to literally Brian is the first guy I ever met where everywhere he goes packs out. And I, I couldn't understand. I was like, and before my platform took off and I was even online, I, you know, I wasn't packing out venues like that. And I was like, how, how is it possible everywhere this guy goes, he's packing out venues. But then when I brought him in the first time to our a revival, I saw the way he loved people, the way he ministered to people, and the way he made them feel like family, and the way he brought them in. And I was like, this is so kingdom. This is why everywhere he goes is packing out people can't get in. Yeah. Because he's he's not just rapping or doing hip hop. He's actually under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit ministering to these people. They're getting delivered, they're getting healed, and there's breakthrough happening. And then when he brought out his guys, he'd come to the awakening, and all of his guys would listen to me preach, and they'd be at the front row standing, shouting. Every time I would preach with Christian hip-hop artists, like these famous guys, they were in the green room when I was preaching. They didn't yeah. want nothing to do with me. And I saw the way Brian was at the first one at the altar. He's laying hands on people. And so, man, what a godly thing is happening. If you haven't seen, guys haven't checked out Brian T or Kingdom Music or Z stuff, you guys got to check it out. So go into from the music to preaching. How did you get into preaching? Because I always would tell you, you need to step into this. You need to step you into did. this. You did. You you. Your calling is to be a minister of the word. Of course, music, all that is amazing. I love it. But really... I feel like music was a stepping stone to get you to your true calling, which was preaching the word because you are, and all the pastors listening, and when people, you know, I get hundreds of bookings, I still tell people, you need to call Z because you are the one person I could recommend that's going to bring that same anointing, that same level of breakthrough of like, um, just, you have a revival anointing on you. And I was just listening to you preach at the men's conference. I was like, man, he is on fire. I was like, man, Come I'm on. getting lukewarm. I need to step my game up. <laughs> Come on, I need to step my game up. But no, you're super radical. So talk a little bit about how you got into preaching and how that transpired. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to preach, even when I would uh, when I would open up for you when we were traveling. Yeah, you do a little five-minute preaching. I would, because, you know, open. but I had to get word on me. Yeah. I had to get word in me. And so, um, you know, just getting into my word more and getting scripture in me and then starting to uh, create messages and saying, I'm going to be ready for when the moment comes. Mm. Cause I wasn't uh, really booked for preaching yet. I was just booked for rapping at the time. Um, but starting to really get words on me. And then when the doors opened, I had a word ready. And then you know how it is. You develop, it yep. develops, yep. you develop the gift that God gave you. And um, now I can honestly say there's more doors open to preaching than music. Like yes. music's like 20% of the ministry. And then 80% is uh, preaching and, 
And so it's just really something that I, I try to under you, I try to really take a lot of a lot of uh, mentorship, you know, mm. and then walk in it once God started to just bring us into different places of our lives. Yeah. Talk a little bit about this idea of godly men raising up. There's a lot of men out there, a lot of them watching. There's almost 3,000 people on here on YouTube and Facebook. And it seems to be that men have taken the back seat, that men are not excited about God, men are not willing. Now, you just came out of a men's conference. You saw a bunch of men that are radical, so there is hope for this generation. I don't want to be negative and gloom and doom because there is hope. But I feel like these revival events I'm going to in these services are like 70% female and the women have had to take on that priestly role. Talk a little bit to the men, maybe share a little bit of what you preach at the conference of, because I listened to some of it and you were calling the men to rise up. Why are you not being the guard in your home? Why are you allowing the enemy to come in? Why are you allowing Jezebel to come into our homes? And I think the men have sat down and it's, it's so incredible to me how men are so passionate about the UFC, but have zero wow. passion for deliverance, Come on. are so passionate to watch the WWF, which is absolutely fake. And the WWF is about as fake as their prayer life. I'm thinking like, man, we have just this, this the men in America, we're just arrogant, we're proud, we don't wanna humble ourselves, we don't wanna pray, we don't wanna lead the charge, and God is calling you men, let me just prophesy to you. Come on. You, you are called to be the spiritual priest of your home. And really, shame on you, you should feel the shame and the conviction of the Holy Ghost if you've not taken that priestly role. Let me, let me say this because I feel the Holy Ghost. You, some of you men right now, you're sitting in the background. You can't stand watching these preaching streams. I already know you talked to me at the conference. You're like, I couldn't stand you until my wife kept playing you and finally I got saved and now I like you. But you're just sitting back. Why are you always the one sitting back while your wife, why does your wife have to initiate prayer? Why no. does your wife have to initiate Bible study? Why does your wife have to initiate? This is a plan of the devil to silence your voice. It is time for you to stand up and say, I'm going to lead my family into prayer. I'm going to lead my family into Bible study. I'm not just going to shout at the UFC. I'm not just going to be excited at the football game. I'm not just going to be excited at the movie. I'm going to stand up and be the priest of my home. I'm not going to make my wife do it. God has called me to be the head of my house. And so... Some of you men, you've just gotten soft out here. You just have no backbone. You've gone woke. You've let the culture feminize Come you. On. You need to get out of this blue hair Christianity. If you know, you know. And you need to stand up and you need to start preaching and declaring the word of God. Why are you, why are we so quick as men? Now I'm from California, but I don't play around. You break into my house and I know people get mad every time I say this. They try to get mad and get mad all you want. I have five girls in my house. That's a lot of girls. I have five women in my house and in the middle of the night, if I hear a noise and someone's breaking in, Come on. is my wife, is it my wife's job to get up and to defend my home? Is it my wife's job to get, get a gun and go, no, I'm going to be getting a gun and I'm going to meet you at the door. Yeah. I'm going to defend my home. And, and every guy that's a real man in the chat would say, yes, I'll defend my home. I'm not going to send my wife out when the intruder comes. Okay, let's, we've established that. So why is it then when someone who's worst worse than a robber, worse than a thief, the Say devil, it. who's our adversary and our enemy, why is it you keep letting him in through your kid's iPad? Why is it you keep letting him in through the television? Why is it, you know, some of you men out here, you're watching corn, I can't say the word because I'll get flagged, but you're watching corn in the middle of the night and you're opening up a portal in your house for demons. Preach. Demons are coming through your internet, through your phone. They're coming through your uh, computer screen and they're latching on, entering into your family, entering into your kids. That spirit of perversion is an open door. Wow. Where are the men in this generation that are gonna rise up and say, I'm shutting the door to Jezebel. 
I'm not letting Delilah cut my hair. I'm not going to Delilah's barbershop. I am shutting the door to every unclean spirit and unclean power. I'm going to be the man of my home. I'm going to be the priest of my home. And I'm shutting these doors. It's time for men to rise up and men to man up. And I pray for some of you ladies that have been praying for your husband, believing for his deliverance, believing for his salvation. He will be saved in Jesus' name. The Bible says the unbelieving husband is covered by his wife and the unbelieving wife is covered by her husband. But for real though, I wanna really just really challenge some of you men out there. Do not let your wife lead the house. Yeah. The men in the Old Testament, Z, would go to the battle first. The women and children would go behind and the men would be the first ones to lead. Say that. They would travel separately. The men would travel fir first because if we encounter adversity, if there's an enemy, if there's a, another nation or another tribe, the men would travel first so that they would meet that opposition before the women would meet the opposition because the men were built for battle. And so men, you need to travel, go beyond your wife, go before your wife, serve your wife the way Christ serves his church. Uh, this whole, you know, excited about football, knowing every football player, but you don't know any Old Testament prophets. you like, oh, who's Malachi? What team does he play for? I mean, we have so many guys <laughs> out here that know. I'm like, how do you remember? I think of guys, I'm going like, okay, quote your favorite three verses. And they're just like, I can't. And I'm like, okay, quote your fantasy football. Oh, I have Jeremiah this, and I have, the, I have this, and this guy on the third string. And you're naming all of these like football players. And I'm thinking, you don't know one Bible verse, but you know every football player. You know every fight on oh, two weeks on Saturday, the boxing. You know all the names of all the fighters. You know their record. You know their height. You know their weight. I'm like, how do you know the weight <laughs> of your favorite boxer, but you have no weight in the spirit? Come on. How do you know the height of your favorite boxer, but you don't know any Bible verses? Like, guys, what are we doing out here? We need some godly men. So maybe just speak into, just tag team here. Yeah, I'll tag speak team with into you. what you shared about men rising up and, and the need we have in this hour. Well, it's crazy that you talked about, you know, the devil coming in and completely just taking your children, yep. completely just destroying their minds through television, through music. Because I preached on Rehoboam, a king, and he was Solomon's son, King Solomon's son. And King Solomon left a bunch of gold treasure in the temple for his son. And he was called to guard the treasure he was called to protect the treasure. He was called to add to the treasure. But Rehoboam was such a lousy king. The Bible says that he allowed all this compromise in the land. When you're the king, it rises and it falls on you. It rises and it falls on leadership. Listen, if there's witchcraft on the TV, it's on, on you, man of God. Come on. I don't care what your wife says. If she's trying to allow it, it's on you, man of God. If there's perversion on the radio, it's on you, man of God. You need to go home and you need a clean house. Yes. I feel like that's a prophetic word yep. for somebody tonight, for some men of God tonight. Clean house. Well, it's just a little bit of witchcraft in the Disney movie. Clean house in Jesus' name. I just like the music because the beat. Clean house in Jesus' name. Nikki Cruz came home from a crusade, an evangelist, famous evangelist we both know. He came home and he said that, he realized the devil was taking his kids out behind closed doors, that wow. he came home and his kids had all these uh, famous celebrities posted on their walls, posters, and they were idolizing these celebrities. And he said he had enough of it. He came and he ripped the posters down. And he said, we're not going to idolize that in this house. He had to clean house. And Rehoboam was this king that had this treasure. And all of a sudden, the enemy, because of all this compromise he allowed in the land, the enemy the Egyptians came in and they took the gold treasure that Solomon had entrusted to him. Wow. And when they took all of this valuable treasure, what is your treasure, men of God? Your wow. children. What is your treasure? Your treasure is your wife. What is your treasure? Your treasure is your ministry. What do you value? What is your treasure? It's what God has given you and entrusted you with. And some of you, like Isaiah said, you just leave the door wide open for the devil to come and have his way with your treasure. 
Come and have his way with your children. Come and have his way with your wife. And you're not the, you don't have no spiritual backbone. Come and on. that's how Rehoboam was. And the Egyptians came in. The king was named Shishak. He came in and he took all the gold that Solomon had passed down to him. Here's what compromise leads you, leads you to. The devil, it leaves the door open to take. But here's what happens. Rehoboam, instead of repenting, instead of saying, let's go get the gold back, let's fight. You know what he does? What a lot of men of God do when the devil steals from us. The Bible says that Rehoboam, he built, he built silver in the place of the gold. Bronze. Wow. I mean, I, I believe it was bronze. Wow. He built bronze. All of the things that were gold. He built bronze shield and put them on the wall. He built bronze swords. He put all the bronze in the place of the gold. This is how we look in the I'm spirit in when the devil has lost, has taken our fire and we're trying to replace it with something that's not of God. This is how we look in the spirit. We're trying to cover up. That's basically yep. what it is. We're trying to cover up that we lost the fire. We're trying to cover up that the devil has taken this from us, but we need some men of God that say, I repent, God. Help me to begin to fight for my treasure. Help me to begin to guard the treasure you've given to me. I don't just want to cover up. I don't. You know why we like bronze more than gold, Isaiah, in our spiritual lives? Because bronze costs less. Yeah. Gold costs you. Bronze, a, bronze spiritual life will, a, a bronze spiritual life will cost you nothing. A bronze prayer life, five minutes here, popcorn prayer will cost you nothing. But a true anointing, if you want a true anointing upon your family, it's going to cost you. It's going to be sacrifice. It's going to be suffering. But you know what? We fellowship with God in suffering. So I just want to encourage the men of God on here tonight to guard your treasure. And that King Shishak that came and took all of that treasure, it says that there was a, there was a mural that was built. And it was a mural of all of the kingdoms he had conquered and uh Rehoboam's face was on that mural Whoa. so this is what the devil wants to do to you he wants to put your head on a platter till this day it says there's a mural that Rehoboam's face is is like a train there was a train that Shishak had built a mural that they painted and it was all the kingdoms he had conquered do you want to be a face on the devil's a head on the devil's on, platter preach. to show to your children this is what serving God gets you this yeah you thought your your father was a man of God let me tell you something men of God children could see when you're lacking in the spirit yes let me tell you something men of God children could see when you're lacking and there's no joy in the house there's no peace in the house there's no faithfulness we need to rise up today and we need to live for Jesus I believe God's calling men to be faithful fit and and fruitful faithful fit and fruitful we need to be like that don't let the devil Put your head on a platter and show the world that your words never mattered. Come on. So good. Men, we need to rise up. What a testimony, Z. What a powerful story of deliverance, of breakthrough. You're now married. You have how many kids? Yeah, uh, we have uh, three kids. One's on the way. Come so, on. So I have a five-year-old, my baby girl, Winter, my firstborn. Winter, Psalm Radcliffe. She's probably watching at home. I love you. Then we have uh, my three-year-old, Summer. She's, my, she's her baby mm. sister. Uh, Summer, Adeline Radcliffe, Love and now baby Zion, our first baby boy, is come on the on, way. Come on, come on, man. We have all these girls in our family. There's like 15 girls and like one or two boys, and so yeah. praise the Lord for the boys that are rising up. Uh, let us know in the chat, is there any songs? You, you guys were spamming songs earlier. Maybe we could get Z to remember a come song on. that he could flow for us here as we go into, um, after we're going to go into just the segment where we read the chat, answer questions, and hang out and talk. But is there any songs that you guys want Z to acapella? Because there was one song that that was so good that Z, that someone wrote that, uh, what'd someone say? 
Oh, Polaris says, what's up, winter and summer? Hi, hey. hi Polaris. They say hi, what's Polaris. up, Polaris. We love you. Prodigal Son. Oh. That's a good one. You got that last one? Last time that I checked. You got that one? Yeah, we can go last time that I checked, uh, and then Prodigal Son, because yeah. it will go high. Let's hear it. High We're going to get some acapella here, guys. We're not going to put any beats or anything, because YouTube will copyright and stuff flag, because his songs his songs are all legit on Spotify, and even he can't stop the I'm copyright. I'm still going to hit you with the copyright, Yeah, he's going to hit you with the copyright. So he's trying to get some ad revenue For my here. acapellas. Yeah. But let's let's hear some acapella here. Go ahead. Okay, for sure. Uh, let's just flow. I mean, I'm just gonna. I see a, a bunch that are going up on there. Um, God did. My fam did. My pastor did. My grams did. Try and track my every move. You boys don't got the bandwidth. The fear of God and holiness is clear where we stand in. KMF, the team that got the favor in the famine. I ain't even bragging. Nah, I'm truth filled. Couldn't hate on you if I wanted, Brody. I'm too healed. Spiritual sniper. Yeah, I'm saved, but I shoot still. Singing in my trial like the who's did in Whoville, huh? <laughs> Who is Hove? Who is Wayne? Forget your gold in your chain. Every knee will bow low to the king. Every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is the Lord. Double edge on my hip, dog. I'm nice with the sword. Look, it's a legendary movement. You ain't stopping me. I took callous beat and treated like Monopoly. Tell Satan his demons missed when they shot at me. Five years of opiate addiction. Now I'm walking free. Text from my brother Brian. Feel like I'm a Timothy. I give them heaven, every city that they send in me. We deserve death. Jesus Christ took the penalty. Call upon his name and he gonna bang on the enemy. Yeah, I make that war music. Let the lion roar music. God can take a mess and make a message. Let the Lord use it. Last day remnant. My past ways ended. I ain't have nothing to offer. Just a heart that was repentant. They said that you'll be saved if you said it and you meant it. I watched every demon tremble. Let the whisper in the mention of his name. My God breaks chains. Christ made purpose in the middle of my pain, and it's only by his grace. Yes, he did. My baby Zion on the way. He blessed me big. Allergic to the snakes. Keep the EpiPen. Me and E.G. Hardest in the game. Plus, we Mexican. Yeah, I can't lie. Some days I'm living by the flesh again. Gotta stop trying to impress and get to pressing in. My treasure's up in heaven. That's my residence. You chase money, you'll be dead as all those presidents. You got the Holy Spirit, brother. Should be evidence. I feel like Stephen mixed my coffee with some peppermint. Waiting on my fall, but my... Th Waiting on my fall, but my second win got a second win. My fam got to be the first ministry I'm shepherding. Uh, most definitely preaching to the ones that feel like, yeah. Last time that I checked, Christ still reigns. Y'all going to know this one on here. We just going to roll with it. Type it in the chat if you know this one. Last time that I checked. Christ still reigns if I die for the gospel I still gain last time that I checked I could call them direct we are not a gang but don't mess with my set last time that I checked let me dissect Christ cut the new Satan hat on my neck last time that I checked told the devil get the check cause I'ma need payback for everything he wrecked last time that I checked Christ never took a L eternity is long boy you better book it well last time that I checked KMF still winning souls passing out the bread of life hit us for the dinner rolls every time i check we win in the battle i got my kids in the battle i ain't a sideline christian boy i get in the battle i check hundred mil on my neck gucci on the wrist oh how did i guess i checked and they talking about the same old thing till my god snatch you up like it ain't no thing i check and you should fear god surround yourself with homies that'll help you hear god last time that i check that's a few of them. Fire. Did you already do Spiritual Sniper earlier? No, no. Let, let, we got, bro, come on, bro. You can't come on my stream and not do the Spiritual okay, Sniper. Okay. That's straight fire, bro. KMF, so. like 100 deep. 
Walk in power like we run the streets. I don't fear what could be done to me because I've been dead. It's the sun in me. Told the devil, get up under me. I just don't feel like I'm losing today. I just might load up the music and spray. Demons scatter, they gon' move when we pray. Live what we preach, but we do what we say. Run with some kings like I move with LA. Depend on the spirit, I trust in the spirit, spirit. That's a ghost ride if you come from the bay. Yeah. Shout out Miles Minute. Call God, I'm on the dial with it. Been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He beat the cross. Now the trial's finished. Gavel bang, my life has changed. You don't gotta live life in chains. Scope on a viper, a spiritual sniper. Just say the word. I got the sight and range. Loaded with scripture to flow out the Richter. Oh, me is dead like they holding the picture. Album ain't done to you, bro. In the mixture, redeem. I wrote this in a robe with some slippers. Yeah. Ooh, come on. Straight fire, come spiritual on, sniper. Yeah. You guys gotta check out his stuff. It's absolutely amazing. Before we go into the segment where we just hang out with the chat, read some questions, have some fun, and then I'll read donations, let's pray. I always like to close the podcast in a prayer before we do the segment where, you know, we go into the chat and stuff like that and we'll hang out and just kind of relax. But just pray us out. I really want to pray for those in drug addiction that listen to your testimony tonight. If you made it out, they can make it out. Many of them had a dark evangelist in their life. Give them drugs the way your cousin gave you drugs. And by the way, I wasn't the cousin, praise the Lord, but the way that, you know, your cousin gave you the drugs and had that encounter, pray that the drug addiction would break. Pray that the prodigal sons would come home. Of course, you can pray whatever you want, but I just want to give you points here. And then let's pray for the men that would rise up here and just take this thing forward. Because I think God's giving me an anointing really to rally the men together. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord. Um, Father God, we just come before you. I pray for every person in this place, God, in this stream that uh, is wanting to surrender their hearts to you, Lord God. Your word says in Acts, Lord, it says to repent and turn to you so you can cleanse our sins and that times of refreshing may come. So I pray if there's somebody out there that needs the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, that needs to repent and needs to be cleansed of their sin, God, I pray that they wouldn't miss this moment, the most important moment of the night and maybe their life, God. I pray that they would surrender to you right now in Jesus' name. I pray that they would tell you that you're everything to them in Jesus' name. I pray that they would turn from drug addiction and turn yes. to you in Jesus' name. Yes. I pray that they would turn from lust addiction and turn to you in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, God, that you would just begin to break bondages. Lord, break bondages right now off of them through this live stream, wherever they're at in their car. Maybe they're at their house, Lord God, but you're breaking bondages off of them, God. Go into the places where we cannot go. Go and shift it right now. Go and deliver, God. Go and save, God. Your salvation, I pray through this live stream, your salvation would touch people's lives the same way you changed my life and the same way your healing power touched me, God. I pray you would go right now, Lord, and touch them wherever they're at, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would surrender to you, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would realize that there is no life greater than living for you, God. I pray that they would realize that the drugs are not worth it, God. I pray that they would realize that the lust is not worth it, God, that it all is about you, Jesus. And that's the only way we're ever going to experience true life, everlasting life, the abundant life that you came to give. The devil comes to steal kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So I pray right now, every person that's listening, that needs to have life, that desperately needs God to breathe on their soul, that desperately needs God to wake them up out of that grave of sin, up out of that grave of depression, up out of that grave of hopelessness, up out of that grave of addiction, that right now by the power of your spirit, Holy Spirit, go in Jesus name, wake them to life. Wake them back to life. Break the chains and have your way right now in Jesus' name.
Go ahead, Zach. Thank you, Lord. Touch him right now, Father. We just pray, as Z pray, that you would bring deliverance, God. Someone said, my kids are addicted. We command every unclean spirit, every demonic power to come out of our children in Jesus' name. Satan, we take authority over your plans. The Bible says that we've been given authority over all plans of the enemy. We've been given all authority over the devil. So everything the devil's done, God is giving us authority over. So we take our authority over the plans of the enemy. We cancel every plan. We cancel every strategy. Some of you moms need to pray this that are in the chat saying your kids are on drugs. Satan, you have no power. Come on. I cancel you. Come on, say it. I cancel your power over my kids. I cancel your assignments. Satan, get behind me. I rebuke every demonic strategy and plan in Jesus' name. Every foul spirit must leave my family in Jesus' name. Every spirit of addiction, every generational curse of addiction and drugs, we come against you now. You have no power. You have no place. The blood is against you, Satan. Leave our families. And I just say by the power of the Holy Ghost that long lost families yes. are coming back to their senses. That's the word. That the prodigal sons are coming home in Jesus' name. Come home in Jesus' name. If you're on drugs, I pray the Lord would break that drug addiction right now. Yes. We'd come against that foul, dark spirit. Jesus. Lord, I pray you would cancel every plan, every dark evangelist that's coming into our life, every toxic relationships. Lord, as you remove the branches in the book of John, I pray, cut off the toxic branches yes. that are in our life that are not producing fruit right now. Lord, do what only you can do. Touch them, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Bring the prodigals home, Lord. Revive our families. If God, if God, if you could restore our fam my family, Z's family, our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, and bring us into this supernatural revival, what a beautiful story you've done in our families. Lord, I know you can do it for them. What you've done for one, God, you'll do it for another. You know, for some of you watching, this has been a story of hope that God did it in our family. God can do it in your family. In Jesus' name, I truly believe that God can do in your family, what he's done in our family. If you're listening on audio, Spotify, all these platforms, and you're like, how do I find Z's music? This is the best way to find it, I found. Because I look up Z and there's like 20 artists named Z. Look up Z Spiritual Sniper. If you type in Z Spiritual Sniper on YouTube or Spotify or, or Apple or Google, any of that, his music will come up. Make sure you guys get tuned into this. I want to also, um, so you can stop the recording there. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.